It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It is the Lockdown Bengals Podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. Hey Bengals fans, we're back. It's Mock Draft Monday. There's a little bit of news for us to discuss before we get to the mock drafting fun. We're going to do a five-round fan speak mock today with some updated big boards. But first, a couple things to talk about. One of them specifically pertaining to the Bengals is, you've all probably read this by now, the Bengals made tenders to their exclusive rights and or restricted free agents. They gave Trey Hopkins a second round tender, meaning that if someone else tries to sign him away from the Bengals, they would receive a second round pick in compensation. That is an unlikely scenario, so it's somebody that they wanted to keep. Besides that, we've got ERFA exclusive rights free agent tenders given to Tony McRae, Alex Redman, Josh Tupo, and Brandon Wilson. All role players last year, in in Alex Redman's case, he started for most of the year. And these guys all receive tenders worth $645,000 a piece on a one-year deal. Hopkins tender to keep him in this to keep him and to get a second rounder for compensation is worth just over $3 million, which makes him actually the 12th highest cap figure for the Bengals in 2019 right now. And the third highest paid offensive lineman at least for a cap hit uh in 2019, which could have some significance, as in, well, you, typically the Bengals would like to play their most expensive salaries. They tend to do that. Uh, and, and, you, and every NFL team, I think. Right, exactly. And that's, But you also have to say, uh, well, because Billy Price is still on his second year on the, on the rookie deal, so he's right below uh, Trey Hopkins. But at the same time, I wonder if you place this value on Hopkins if, and I think everyone's questioning this at, at least on the surface, do they see him as a starter? Do they watch the tape and go, you know what? This guy was really good last year when he played. We got to find a spot for him. Or is it just that, you know what? This guy's really good and versatile because probably he could play all five positions if needed. And that's what you would pay your your sixth man off the bench or your swing tackle uh, through about $3 million. So is it just that or do they really like him? Yeah, and we really liked him when he wasn't playing, and and then he started playing, and it was kind of like, all right, they maybe aren't using him in the right position at first, or maybe they should give him run at center, and then they gave him run at center, and he looked better than Billy Price, and he 
graded out better than Billy Price for the most part at center. Had his issues run blocking, uh, if you trust PFF's grades, but he's 26 and a half. And I remember when he was an undrafted free agent and kept getting hurt in those early years, it was like, man, it's a shame Trey Hopkins is hurt because he could probably play on this offensive line or we would at least like to see it. He was a good prospect. And here we are all these years later. Yeah, and, and we're, he's, he's now getting paid. He's going to maybe get a chance. And now my reaction is more lukewarm than I would like it to be. Because uh, where does he play, right? Does it just mean that he's playing over Alex Redmond? Or are they not going to address right guard beyond that? Does Billy Price to right guard and, and sure. Hopkins at center. And, and also, then what's it mean for Christian Westerman? And exactly. also the other thing is, before you jump back in, they could renegotiate and sign all these guys to longer-term deals if they want to, and then all these salary numbers could change. That's what I was going to say, because they put out, if you remember, I want to say 2017, TJ Johnson was the backup center guard, and they gave him a uh, a low tender, or an original round tender, I believe it was, and it was $1.9, million in that range. And for a seventh-round guy that really only played the one game against Baltimore that final year, they gave him $2 million, which is pretty expensive for a a replacement level low end back of the roster type guy as you see the rest of these guys are getting 640,000 I think at the time it was it was in the 500,000s so they really valued TJ Johnson and didn't want to let him leave it didn't mean he was starting it didn't mean that he was guaranteed a spot on the roster and they ended up extending him to a two-year deal shortly after that so I could see something happening with Trey Hopkins that's very similar to that where they keep him as a six-man right off the bench versatile guy Yes, yeah, so we'll have to see what happens to that group of guys. They kept pretty much all of their exclusive rights free agents or, or restrictive free agents with these tenders, I think. So it'll be interesting to see if any of them get long-term deals. I kind of doubt the ERFA guys will. None of those guys stand out as, as people that you need to keep on more than a one-year deal. Just There's no security there that you need to keep with them. Trey Hopkins, though, I could see. Yeah, I could see them putting a little bit of an extension on other news in the AFC North. Antonio Brown is finally out of the Bengals division. They will only play him once in 2019 as he's been traded to the Oakland Raiders. Who knows how long they'll be in Oakland, but for now that's where Antonio Brown will call home. He announced the trade himself, as I understand it on Instagram. (laughs) Of course he did. Yeah, of course he did. And the Steelers received an excellent haul of a third and fifth round pick. And when I say excellent, I mean excellent by my standards because now they're paying a guy $21 million against the cap who's not on their team and all they got to show for it was a third and a fifth. So thank you, Antonio Brown. Thank you, Ben Roethlisberger, for sowing dysfunction in the Pittsburgh locker room and in one year managing to lose permanently your two best playmakers, a lot of money, and only getting a third and fifth round pick. I appreciate it. You just hate to see it, don't you? You know, just not being able to get value for maybe the best receiver in the league. Man, it just, you know, you just really feel bad for the Pittsburgh Steelers in this you know, situation. It would be great if they could just catch a break. Things I know. never go their way. Ever. And here they are again, just down on their luck. Man, it, it really makes you realize how good you have it as a Cincinnati Bengals fan, doesn't it? You know what, though? They always land on their feet. This isn't going to matter at all. And And you know what else? They got. They actually got picks. They had no leverage. They got a third round pick. I mean, maybe it turns into nothing, right? And probably yeah. it does because they suck at drafting lately. They, but, they, they're going to draft a receiver, and whoever it is is going to step in and be a star. 
Sure. I don't. They've I mean, been so whatever. good at drafting receiver. So good. The the nice thing for me about all this is you can like there's all these cracks in that Pittsburgh locker room and Ben Roethlisberger apparently, in addition to being a terrible person, is also a terrible leader. So great. Can't imagine. Can't imagine. Run it. That's the run case. it into the ground. Yeah, I mean, let's let's burn it down. And I hope the uh, and remember when for about eight hours he was a Buffalo Bill Antonio Brown on the internet and it was like uh, an hour right <laughs> and I was thinking man if they if they swap picks and with the with the Bills you know Horrifying. swap from, from nine to twenty they're gonna be right in front of the Bengals they may Horrifying. take Devin White and then they didn't even get close to that in compensation no. <laughs> they got a third and a fifth rounder uh, oh, when people yeah. when 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 the NFL when the national media people were talking like oh yeah maybe maybe there's pick swapping in the first round I'm like man you really think somebody's paying that for Antonio Brown and then as soon as they as soon as that Instagram post went up and AB's like fake news I'm like you think the you think the Bills aren't actively torpedoing this trade right now I don't know what happened there but the idea of that oh my god it it just I, it couldn't have worked out any better that he goes to Oakland and you know good for Oakland though to be honest on the other side of this after trading away two of their stars last year for first round picks they really give up the, the lowest amount of value possible, the lowest amount of assets possible for a top five receiver. Now, if they can get them right, if they can get them back in the program and get them going, then it, it's tremendous move for them. And, yeah, it cost them a little bit of money, and that was really the biggest compensation they're giving up in this deal. But they needed some stars. They needed some some names, especially on the, just before they moved to Vegas. Uh, so uh, on the flip side, whatever with the Steelers, but good for the Raiders. Yeah, John Gruden needs his stars of the last decade. Just add it to the list. I mean, Antonio Brown probably still has some juice left. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> he's going to be a little disappointed when Derek Carr can't throw deep, though, or or slant. Well, no, I guess he can throw slants. Um, the other note is the Steelers do add some ammunition in terms of trading up potential, so they might still trade up. They might be happy to wait and see if Devin Bush falls to them, or 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 you know maybe Devin White falls a little bit further than the Bengals, and they want to trade up and get him. But they didn't get one of Oakland's first-round picks. They didn't even get one of Oakland's second-round picks. So their trade-up ammunition is limited. You're not trading up in the first round above the Bengals with just third- and fifth-round picks. No, you're not at all. We can put it to bed. It might make them more comfortable with giving up their second and a third because they have another third. But anyway, that's as much as I want to talk about the Steelers on any given day. It was fun to trash them for a little bit. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. That's the big news from the weekend. And then we're going to get into mock draft Monday. We're going to do a five round fan speak mock. So stick around for your favorite episode of the week. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It is Mock Draft Monday, and this is what you've been waiting for. We're using FanSpeak this week as they have a more updated big board after the combine results have, have posted, and you know we've adjusted our 
biases and rankings, and so has so has the internet. So we're using Matt Miller of Bleacher Report. We're using his board on FanSpeak and using the other teams. When you have the premium account, you can have the other teams use multiple or random boards so that you get different results each time. So that's what we're going with. And we're ready to hit the start button here. Um, again, as I don't think we've changed our opinion, but before the draft, we always kind of ask each other, do we want to trade up or make a move for a quarterback? Because that is what you should ask yourself. And Jake, I think you probably feel the same way I do at this point of no, let's hang out at number 11, right? Yeah. And this draft in particular, the way quarterbacks are looking like they're going to go, I mean, maybe we'll get surprised and we'll see, you know, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, Drew Locke, Will Greer all go way earlier than we expect them to. Or maybe not. And maybe they can just kind of see if there's a quarterback they like when they're on the board. And that's kind of the approach I'm taking. And I think that's the approach the Bengals would take also. I think it so is. Yeah. let's hit the start button. Let's see how this rolls. Think about all the quarterbacks the Bengals have ever drafted. They drafted them in their draft spot. They haven't traded up for a quarterback. I don't believe they have. They almost traded up for a Dalton, if you remember. Uh, I want to say that they had an offer. But anyways, so the, the draft's going now. Kyler Murray goes number one. Nick Bosa follows. Quinnen Williams. Devin White, number four to the Oakland Raiders. Cleland Farrell. Josh Allen to the New York Giants. Jonah Williams to Jacksonville. DeAndre Baker to the Detroit Lions, Greedy Williams to the Buffalo Bills, and Drew Locke to the Denver Broncos at number 10. So two quarterbacks. Am I not seeing Dwayne Haskins? That means he's still on the board, isn't he? He is still on the board, as is our frequent pick, Ed Oliver, and we're not going to pick Ed Oliver today. We have picked TJ Hawkinson. He's still there as well. Looking at the next offensive tackles, Andre Diller, depending on your opinion of Cody Ford, Jawan Taylor, so we have some choices here. Yep. I find it tough currently. Uh, man, some, I, I, you know, I, if Jonah Williams is there, I've been l- recently leaning towards him. With him not being there, I would like Jawan Taylor. I've got nothing against taking him here. Uh, at the same time, I, whenever Hawkinson and Fant are there, I get really excited about taking them. Mm-hmm. That is true. So looking down the board a little bit at offensive tackle, Dalton Risner, Reisner, sorry, on this particular board, using these multiple boards, we don't have a guarantee. There's a chance he's there in the second. There's a chance Greg Little is there in the second. So in the first, we're looking at really Dillard and Taylor and then hoping to get one of these guys later, maybe Max Sharping in a couple rounds. Because they have Cody Ford listed as a guard, correct? They, they'd, they'd have to. They do. And that's fine, because I I think I view him that way also. I I do more and more, yeah. All right, so let's – how do you feel then? Because, you know, have we taken a tight end in one of these? I know I did. We have, I think. I know I did in the athletic uh, mock draft I originally posted. Mm -hmm. But I I think, you know, I think that could be really fun. Should we go to the next linebacker? Do you you consider Devin Bush at this point? I would rather not. And I, and I say that, to be clear, because of the way that some of these guys tested at the Combine and my feelings as, on depth and the position changing a little bit. Looking at Edge, though, just talking best player available, Montez Sweat, Brian Burns, and then a pretty steep fall off. They could definitely go you. Edge and take value. As we're looking at it, I find it hard to not take Dwayne Haskins here. Oh, I yeah. just think with, sure. with his, his production, one year of starter, I think he can jump in and be a... Instant starter, and if you 
make the offense around him. I love I love him in a, a Zach Taylor Rams type offense, and I think for how much you'd pay him at the eleventh pick, man, you get you're opening your Super Bowl window for the next three to four years. Mm-hmm. So if we take Dwayne Haskins here, we're passing on the premium tight ends. We've talked about the defensive linemen. We're not we're not going to do it for the sake of trying to do something different today. I think taking Ed Oliver or Rashawn Gary. Because I'd, consi- I'd consider Rashawn Gary. I yeah. just I argued this week about um, when I did needs last week how that defensive tackle or DN that can kick inside in pass rushing situations is a starting position for the Bengals, and they don't have somebody right now. So Gary would make some sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we can go quarterback first. We have done this before as well and see how it goes. Or we could take Andre Dillard and go for the athleticism at tackle. We could do that. I'm not against taking a tackle here. I know we. I'm not sure if we've even taken a tackle, have we, in the first round? So maybe we should just do that and to let it play out. Maybe we should. And, and let's go with Andre Dillard. The high upside, tested well, has had years of incredible pass protection grading by Pro Football Focus. He has been in an offense that I think is friendly to pass blockers. One hundred percent. That is the part about the evaluation is. Lots of play action, a lot of running game, you know, a lot of um, quick passes. It's it's hard to get. If you watch like 40, 50 plays of, De- of Dillard in one game, maybe 10 or 12 of them are actually testing him in pass protection. And the Bengals offense has been like that for, to be honest, since 2011, since they went more West Coast quick passing. So some of that evaluation makes sense and and I'm used to looking at tackles that way but I do like Dillard a lot I think he is risky at 11 but I think all these guys to be honest are risky at 11 because I say this about Juwan Taylor why we're not taking him here is because he's not the most fleet of foot guy and if you want to do the outside zone stuff which it looks like the Bengals 100% do by based on the people they've they've hired Taylor is going to be a an odd fit. I think he could work, but you're not going to get the maximum out of it. It's like putting Billy Price at center. You're not going to get the maximum out of your zone scheme. But well, Dillard, you, you might. And Dillard probably doesn't fit with Jim Taylor's version of a prototypical right tackle either. But between Dwayne Haskins and Andre Dillard, let's just go Dillard and see what happens. We've taken a quarterback here before, and we've seen how that plays out. The other thing I was considering here heavily is Brian Burns, the edge player from Florida State. Yep. A lot of people think he might be undersized if the Bengals do stay in the 4-3. People were in my mentions talking about that. And you know what could... you do with them? You use them like Von Miller. Yeah, that is excellent if, if he comes anywhere close to that level of production and talent. Sure. Obviously. I mean, if you're drafting him there, that's the idea. Mm-hmm. Let's go with Andre Dillard, Washington State. We took a tackle, and we're going to move on then. Cody Ford goes right after to the Green Bay Packers, followed by Montez Sweat, Ed Oliver to the Falcons, uh, Juwan Taylor to the Panthers. The Vikings get Noah Fant. That's fun for them. Steelers get Brian Burns. That's a fear. Greg Little's off the board also at tackle. So the tackle run really has started. Dalton Reisner's gone. Uh, yeah, we weren't going to get a tackle in round two again. Yeah, Hawkinson goes just at the end of the first round as well. Along with Daniel Jones, did we see... So our Gage. quarterback that we were looking at is still on the board. Really? So let's see if he's there in the second round, because that gets so, interesting. Dwayne Haskins messed something up here. He sure did. And... I don't see this happening, right? But. No, but 
stranger things have happened. Uh, so, Dequan Bowers, if you remember from Clemson a couple of years ago, this was more than a couple of years ago, but uh, he was a top five pick up until the last three weeks or so, and they're like, yeah, he's got a degenerative knee, and he goes in the second round to the Bucks. Hmm. So looking at the top of the board here, resetting before we get into the second round, the top of Matt Miller's board at this point is A.J. Brown, the Ole Miss receiver, who in the second I'm considering – Dwayne Haskins, the Ohio State quarterback. Taylor Rapp, the Washington safety. Devin Bush, who I think is the primary target. Irv Smith, Trayvon Martin, Jonathan Abram, Jalen Ferguson, Rocky Sin. Trayvon Mullen, just in case. Hmm? You said Trayvon Martin, but Trayvon Mullen. Rest in peace, Trayvon Martin, though. (laughs) Oh, my mistake. Sorry to bring that up. Um, Yeah, DK Metcalf still on the board. Elton Jenkins still on the board. Keneal Henry, like all the receivers, actually. Nikhil Henry, Akeem Butler, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. Let's do it then. There's more than enough good players on the board. We yeah, don't need to move go. up. Unless you love Haskins, then you'd move up, obviously. But So Haskins goes to the Raiders. The Raiders go Devin White and then get Dwayne Haskins in round two. That's fun for them. Draymond right. Jones is off the board to the Buccaneers. Speaking of the Raiders, plus they have three other picks. So Jeffrey Simmons at their, in their last first-round pick. That's right. Taking him to wait on him. And Josh Jacobs at 24. So just adding talent, a lot of weapons on that offensive side of the ball. Good for them. Well, I guess both sides of the ball, really. But thinking running back, Antonio Brown, quarterback, that's that'd be exciting for Oakland. So we're on the board now. We're on the clock now. The football uh, gods have smiled on us. Yeah, staring us in the face is Devin Bush, who I think most of us feel at this point is unlikely to be there in the second round. But... I'm going to briefly look at the rest of the board here before running to the podium. I feel like a team might want to trade up here, but there are still like three receivers left that people really like in the first round. But Nikhil, Harry, Akeem Butler, DK Metcalf, all still there have to be people you consider in the second round. Uh, But there's a lot of depth at the receiver position in this draft. And you look, there's a bunch of other guys that could be first round picks Mm -hmm. from Garrett Bradbury to um, uh, Mac Wilson I mean, some people really love Juan Thornhill, and, you know, so there's there's really some good talent here. It's not it, – yeah, Dexter Lawrence and nose tackle, but there is – it's not well, – I don't expect Devin Bush to be here. But at the same time, there wasn't a bunch of crazy picks in the first round. There's no. always going to be someone here at 42 that we didn't expect to be there. That will happen come April. When we reset from Thursday to Friday, there's going to be five or six guys that were like, man, we thought this guy was going to go in the first round. So – uh, let's not, you know, get mad at the simulation here. Let's just say Devin Bush is on the board. We're taking him. Yeah, Devin Bush is on the board. We're going to tackle linebacker in the first two rounds. And, and I don't think you, we've done that yet. May, maybe not. But you have to feel pretty good to think about the value you're getting at both of these picks if you think Andre Dillard can be a starting tackle. And he could probably be a left tackle. I mean, from a metric perspective, yeah. from, from a production perspective, he could be a left tackle in the NFL for a long time. And he's coming into an offense that gets rid of the ball quickly, too. So that could be to his strengths. And this is one of the situations where I think people would say, well, you guys reach for Dillard. But then you get great value in the second round, so you kind of balance it out. And did we reach for Dillard? I don't I mean, know. I think we'll he can go out. in that range. Yeah. So we're going to go Devin Bush here. And let's see if there's a run on wide receivers here. Because Nikhil Harry, DK Metcalf, Hakeem Butler, something's got to give. So we, we go Devin Bush. Irv Smith goes next. Jalen Ferguson next. There's the first receiver, Hakeem Butler, at 214 to Washington. We've had another receiver. It was Calvin Harmon from NC State. Right. Was actually the first guy. 
Riley Ridley goes before DK Metcalf, so DK Metcalf must be on steroids or something. There goes Dawson DK Metcalf. Knox, tight end, man, goes that high. and So second round for tight end that I have seen go anywhere, third, fourth round. Mm-hmm. Dawson Knox actually in this this scenario goes three, four picks before DK Metcalf. So if you want to pick at anything in this mock draft, it's where these receivers are going, I think. Yanni Kajusko goes at 222, which at that point you probably feel pretty good about the value there. Yeah. Well, we're in third round now as we are going to the next round. We are in at least consider wide receiver territory now. And we have a couple trade offers as we start the round to move back a few picks and pick up a fourth round pick. I think in real life you consider this, Joe, for the purpose of the simulation. Are we I'm going to say no until yeah, we're on the clock. Yeah. So we're going to decline the start of the round trades because those are weird and probably don't happen much anyway. Um, Looking at the top of the board at this point as we reset for the third round, Elton Jenkins, center. I tell you what, man, I'd I'd trade up for him. Sure. Nikhil Harry is still there. You got to feel good about taking Nikhil Harry in the third round. Garrett Bradbury is still there. So a couple of things, a couple of guys here, Garrett Bradbury in particular, who's probably not still there come the third round but you never know and this is why we do the exercise uh wide receiver still looks really healthy tight end it looks like we probably missed the boat well jay sternberger is is low on his board and i would love jay sternberger yep and just looking at linebackers if you wanted to double dip it's probably not time to do that yet so let's start the third round and see what happens between let's start it come on the clock i think somebody asked this on the Friday mailbag, will we take David Montgomery if he's still there in the third round? And here we are on the clock, and he is the number one player on the board after Elton Jenkins went, and really Bobby Evans, who else really went that that we are worried about here? Nikhil Harry. Yeah, I guess you're right. He went to the Pittsburgh Steelers Steelers in the spot that Oakland used to pick in the third round that I just made fun of the Steelers for getting. So there's your Antonio Brown replacement. Damn them. In the third round, as Joe predicted... Yeah, you right. spoke this into existence. Thank you very much. I'm Charles, sorry. Charles Amenahue is there. Yep. He's somebody that's attractive to me in the third round. Garrett Bradbury is there. Amenahue is a Texas defensive end, real long guy, good against the run, will kick inside and, and rush the passer from inside. So, honestly, he, he's, he looks like Michael Johnson, may have that type of role as a third-round edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Max Sharping is there if you wanted to double dip at tackle. Will Greer is there for the quarterbacks we consider at this point. Paris Campbell is there for you Ohio State fans. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who, again, many think is a first-round safety, is there if they decide they want to draft a safety again for some reason. I'm we should at look Garrett- at a corner. Okay. I'm looking at Garrett Bradbury pretty hard here. Yeah, I mean, he jumps out instantly on the on the board. I uh, just wanted to look at corner just in case to see where we're at because uh, – you know, right now, without knowing where Dark West Denard's future is, we should have an eye on that. But I'm with you. I don't know. Bradbury's still here. Maybe it's the short arms, whatever the case may be. I think it'd be silly for us to not take him at this point. You would have your five starting offensive linemen if you did that, which is a stark difference from where they were last year and the year before that. Mm-hmm. Other guys that Bengals fans might consider here are Jermaine Pratt, NC State linebacker, who is a good athlete, could be an off-ball linebacker. Uh, Voshan Joseph, another athlete that some people have connected to the Bengals. Connor McGovern, another interior lineman who has come up a bit on boards, I think, since the combine. But 
Garrett Bradbury being the value that he is in the third round, I think is hard to pass. Yep. And now we've gone with two really athletic offensive linemen. If you want to run your zone scheme, man, I feel really good about the Bengals offensive line if this somehow happened. And people are going to say, well, Garrett Bradbury's not going to be in the third round. You're right. I agree. He won't be. I think there's a chance he can go 20 or 21 where Billy Price and Frank Ragnow went last year. But I also thought Pat Elfline was the best center in the draft a couple years ago, and he goes in the third round. So this is the range for, for Bradbury. It is first to third round. Uh, we just got him at the extreme most value. And while I don't think that's likely, there is a chance. And again, we're using multiple boards here. So there will be fallers. Maybe it's not Garrett Bradbury. Maybe this is a year the NFL goes chalk with all of the draft Nick big boards out there. But we haven't seen that before, and I don't expect to see it again. Just to note here, the next three picks, we took we took Bradbury, Will Greer, Max Sharping, Cha- Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who are probably the three other guys that I'm considering most. I would have taken any of them. Yeah. So we'll let it keep rolling here. So if we didn't take Bradbury, I mean, he it looks like that's, that's the range of at least the guys we could choose from in the third round, which, to be honest with you, I feel pretty good about it. Even if it wasn't Bradbury and it was... Will Greer, Sharping, Gardner Johnson, um, you know, Caden Smith. I mean, there's a lot of there's tight ends at this point. The receivers from from uh, Ohio State. So it's not a bad board left here. Tyree Jackson just went. Where did he go? Carolina. Panthers. Oh man, you want to get a a Cam Newton backup? There you go. There you go. Eric McCoy goes to the Ravens at 338. I think that's fantastic value for them there. For them. That is a guy that is not likely on the Bengals board because of his relationship with Jim Turner. We've talked about that on the podcast a few times. Connor McGovern went to the Colts, but the pick I wanted to point out was the Ravens got JJ Arcega Whiteside in Good the draft third for the Ravens round. in the third yeah. round. Mm-hmm. Good third round for the for the Ravens. Steelers go running back also, Damian Harris. Yeah. So there's your guy, David Sills. No, Sills isn't my guy, but even though I do like him, um, he's the speed guy for West Virginia. It was actually Gary Johnson is the slot guy that I really like. The other West Virginia guy. My mistake. Yeah, I really like Gary Johnson, though. So looking at the top of the board as we go into the fourth, running backs, receivers, corners, we're probably going to start targeting our guys at this point. Yep, and I think the board is open for us. We've... We've nailed our top two needs. We are aware of everybody else. I'm down for receiver. I'm down for corner. I'm down to take another linebacker. Interior pass rusher we should look at and tight end. So we'll start the round and see where we go. Nobody too noteworthy going ahead of the Bengals picker. Caleb Wilson goes. I don't want him anyways. 4-7. You don't want him anyway. Fine. He is a tight end that some people like. He goes to Jacksonville at 109. One pick before the Bengals. We're now on the clock. Daryl Henderson at the top of Matt Miller's board here is a very exciting running back from Memphis. If you want to talk about getting depth at the running back position and a dynamic athlete, a weapon. This isn't taking Mark Walton last year. I think Daryl Henderson completely blows him out of the water in terms of tape. And athleticism, I mean, Walton measured like a poor athlete, but he's coming off an injury. What do we got at tight end? Sure. We still have Jay Sternberger, and I like like Josh Oliver out of San Jose State. Drew Sample is interesting. He didn't drop many passes at all. I don't think he had a drop last year. Uh, Also measured pretty well and big. uh, Foster Moreau. Yeah, Foster Morrow, yeah, blocker, but uh, he tested way better than expected out mm-hmm. of LSU. 
That's um, Raymond, another one people like from Utah State. What do, we, what do we got a D tackle and maybe an edge that we can kick inside? Kalen Saunders, Saunders, of course, always there. And you know we what? pick Kalen Saunders every time, I think. It's very hard not to pick Kalen Saunders. Honestly, I look at him like, there's my Grady Jarrett again. Let him fall to the fourth round. I'm not making that mistake again. There's other guys, though. John Kaminsky also, if you want to wait around. He's a DN that's a defensive tackle size. Small school, but tested really well. Yeah, how do you not pick Kalen Saunders here? I'll tell you how you don't. You take the exciting running back. <laughs> What's the wide receiver look like? Because we should be aware of it at Andy this point. Andy Isabella, Antoine Wesley. Those are the names that stand out to me right away. Preston Williams is fun from Colorado State. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Ohio State. I really like him. He's a fantastic gunner. He's got some speed. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Uh, I think Terry McLaurin's going to have a much better NFL career than he did college career. Receiver group is good. Honestly, I, I whenever I do these, I wait on receiver because I really think this year, third through sixth round, is going to produce some gems. It's one of those years. So are you on Daryl Henderson or are you on something that's maybe a little less sexy and more need-based or more value-based for the Bengals in taking a running back? I am not against taking a running back. I don't think it's going to help me this year. I think you could wait until next year and take a running back. I think linebacker uh, to draft another one for a need. I think taking a nickel corner. Or Kalen Saunders would help me and not only provide depth this year but give me – potentially a future starter click on linebacker again though there's a few guys here also that that i think we should be aware of and sioni takitaki it keeps jumping out at me uh tavion conley uh who else do we have here i know there's someone else on the board blake cashman much much further down there andrew tranquil i mean i'd take any of those guys but it looks like we can wait around and get one ben burkirvin and ben burkirvin there's so here we still got a lot of a lot of players i think if we went Kalen Saunders and came back and took a linebacker or a tight end. We're in great shape. Yeah, I was going to say, here's my plan is get somebody this round that we like a lot and then next round take whichever those linebackers are that we like. Okay. So the question is, do we like Kalen Saunders or Daryl Henderson? It sounds like you want Kalen Saunders. I find it extremely hard I to agree. pass on Kalen Saunders. Not I only agree. was he productive, his tape is fun. He lines up all over the place. He's a nose tackle size but moves like a three-tech his senior bowl is really fun and good. I mean, character-wise, I think he's a, a, a asset. So I I find it hard to not take him. I would take Kalen Saunders in the second round at 42. Well, okay. So then the value here is overwhelming, and you kind of right. have to. So on my board, he would be the clear BPA. Then we go with the clear BPA, and it's Kalen Saunders. And we'll see uh, how soon the running back from Memphis, Daryl Henderson, goes. And it looks like he's made it about 10 picks down. He's There he goes. Cleveland Browns. That's what you get. Great. <laughs> That's what you get. Sion <laughs> Takitaki goes to the Steelers. So they get a linebacker. I like Takitaki. I just watched him recently the last couple of days, and uh, he tested really well. And that's why I've got a list of guys. That's hopefully the next thing I write about for The Athletic. I've got about four linebackers I've been watching that tested really well, and I want to go see if the tape matches. And Takitaki is one of them, especially if we're talking fourth, fifth round. Andy Isabella goes to the Chargers. Pro Football Focus would say he's one of the best receivers in the draft, and that's excellent value for them. He'd probably be pretty fun to watch with uh Keenan Keenan Allen and Philip Rivers out there. He'd probably take over Travis Benjamin's routes. 
and probably do it better. Antoine Wesley goes to Cleveland, the other long, tall, vertical receiver we're looking at there. So the Cleveland adds some weapons in the fourth round. On to the fifth. I just want to get mad at Joe for letting Cleveland get Daryl Henderson. On to the fifth Listen, we go. We have, look at this, two t- offensive line picks, a defensive tackle pick, and a linebacker pick. We are building the trenches. We're stronger. We're more athletic. We're better against the run. We're better at running team now with Garrett Bradbury. I I look at this and say we have done a hell of a job. Yeah, I, I think so. And this means that you're relying on your skill guys that are on the roster, which I think is fine because the weakness for the Bengals is in the middle of the field. It's the front seven last year because I think of injuries on the defensive line and playing from behind. It's the offensive line. So we're, we're addressing these and we're getting immense value really at every pick after the first round pick where I think we got maybe fair value, maybe slightly less than fair value, depending on your opinion of Andre Dillard. Now here in the fifth round, we're looking at Jay Sternberger still on the board, tight end from Texas A&M at linebacker. I would love him. At linebacker, yeah. At linebacker, there's Tavon Coney. We had mentioned Cashman. Gary Johnson also. Gary Johnson from Texas ran a 4-3. Three, four, four, three. Uh, he was uh, tied for the second fastest linebacker, and his tape is fun also. He's not another Malik Jefferson, but even if he was, you're taking him in the fifth round, and you feel much better about it. Yeah, so lots of options at linebacker. Actually, like a surprising amount of options that I feel very good about at linebacker yep. between... Coney, we still need to see how Coney tests, but his his uh, production, his coverage grading from Pro Football Focus is outstanding. Yep. Uh, the Notre Dame Pro Day is in 11 days, I think, the 21st of March. I would take tight end here because I still like a lot of yeah. linebackers. Ben Kirvin way down on Matt Miller's board, but higher on my board, Drew Tranquil, another Notre Dame linebacker who is an athlete. Blake Cashman, who some people had the Bengals taking in the second round now. I guess yeah, the there's... rest of these boards haven't caught up yet. Or maybe the NFL honestly won't catch up on Blake Cashman. Blake Cashman could definitely be somebody who falls despite his testing, despite his tape, because of his size. Well, and there was no buzz on him before either. So, it, you know, it could definitely happen. Um, I would just say that the tight end starts to drop off, even though I do like Oliver Sternberger, Morrow. I think this is um, a good spot to take one. We're in the fifth round. You're not putting high expectations on him. Maybe he can help you this year. Really, tight end picks are normally a year out. I think we've really reset the the team if we go with a tight end here. Uh, we've, we've got guys that are going to help this year, but we also picked a lot of guys that in two years, this is going to be core of the roster. Yeah. And we, we've definitely established a trend of some favorites here, right? Like the, the only guy here that – We've we, we, we've made an effort to pick some guys we haven't before, but we've talked about Garrett Bradbury on Mock Monday a lot. Devin Bush, obviously, is the linebacker you hope you get if you don't get Devin White and a linebacker falls to you in the second round. Andre Dillard is a new name in the first round. We've talked about him a lot. First time we picked him, Kalen Saunders is a guy we picked a lot. Jay Sternberger is a guy we picked a lot. So we Have, have we picked a lot here. of Jay Sternberger? I know we picked him Maybe once. Maybe we've talked about him a lot. We have, because I think he's ended up going too high when we've done this a few times. He went in the second round, one mock we had, which I'm not interested in. If you want to know what Sternberger is, he's really good after the catch. He's a really good athlete, really good receiver. Um, He needs to work on some of the technical stuff. Blocking is is still an area for him to improve, which is for all these guys at this point, unless you're talking about Foster Moreau. Uh, But at the same time, I want the receiver, and then we'll worry about the blocking part later. Yeah. So let's do I'd it. take a receiver. I want I want five fifth round picks, not five sixth round picks. Yep. 
This is I'd this is a year to have fourth and fifth round picks for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is when you realize how good of a draft it is. Because it's not like these guys fell and someone else wasn't picked. It's that there is quality players. It just depends on how these teams choose to go. Uh, Ryan Bates tested really well from Penn State. He's high on the board as a guard. We don't need one, but just seeing where they're at here. What's it look like at quarterback before we make this pick? Brett Ripien would be the one guy I'd take. Yeah, he's the only one you're really looking at here. Also on the board, for those of you that can't see our screen, as Joe and I can't, Ryan Finley, Gardner, Minshew, Easton Stick. Yep. Jordan Tamu or Tamu Jordan, I believe I'm saying his name backwards. Uh, Trace McSorley. So really, the receiver or the quarterback group gets really. It's gonna when you come back in the sixth round, it's gonna be really slim pickings. And if you want a late to double dip on tackle, Kayla McGarry, Chuma Adoga, William Sweet from North Carolina, Trayvon Tate from Mex- from Memphis, whose arms are too short to play offensive tackle, but could be a very good guard. Same for McGarry, too. Yeah. The only one, actually, maybe that hits a measurable. I think William Sweet does, and I think Adoga does. I don't know if they have the guy from Ohio here. It doesn't look like they do. Okay, so where are we going with this pick? I think we're going Jay Sternberger. Jay Sternberger, let's do it, man. I love this draft. All day, yeah. This is this draft, if you put this in front of Bengals fans, you're looking at excellent value, really, in the second, third, fourth, and fifth round. And Every you're pick. getting an, the, the most athletic tackle who has a track record of production and a ton of playing time at Washington State. What was it, 3,800 snaps or something? He's a four-year yeah. starter, right? He's a four-year starter and has produced every single year. Yeah. So the Bengals finished a draft with Andre Diller, Devin Bush, Garrett Bradbury, Kalen Saunders, Jay Sternberger, all guys who you expect to contribute in year one. The top three you maybe expect to start in year one. And you have your rookie ups and downs. And we've talked about this with rookies. You will get better production in the NFL on average from veterans and rookies because of the transition to the NFL game because of unknowns with rookies, whatever it is. Kalen Saunders immediately becomes a rotational piece on the defensive line. Jay Sternberger, I think, immediately becomes a limited. Two? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's Depending your, on what they do. He, he's a matchup guy. Yeah. But you know what? And this, the, the, look back at the Bengals' best drafts, and it's when they are afforded the opportunity to go best player available. Even if they reach for a need in round one. They reset and follow the board following, uh, you know, and we we took best player available at need positions, but when they've allowed Carlos Dunlap in the second round to follow them, when they've allowed um, Mohamed Sanu in the third round and Devin Still in the second, even though Devin Still didn't work out, point being is when they've allowed these to happen, Marvin Jones in the fifth, um, Andrew Billings in the in the fourth round, that's when you come away with your best your best draft classes when they don't reach for a wide receiver they've allowed tyler boyd in the second round to fall for them you know this is that's how we kind of played this out and yeah it came out way better than expected but that's how you have good draft classes by not reaching for you know different players at different times and this is what you have to hope happens. There will be guys that fall. Hopefully the guys that fall are guys that the Bengals value or are at positions that the Bengals need. In this case, it fell pretty perfectly. They do, I think the Bengals front office would tell you we don't need a center. But they, they, they could use an interior lineman, and Billy Price can certainly play guard. So that's 
you need a center when the top guy is still there in the third round. You find a yeah. spot for him. Yeah. I don't listen to. We don't need a receiver, but if the number one receiver is there in the third round, we're going to take a receiver. If the number one defensive end is going to be there in the third round, we need a defensive end. So that's when you let it fall to you and you figure it out after. And because of it, you become a better team. Yeah, and in the second round, you know, we could have we could have taken one of those top receivers, DK Metcalf, Nikhil Harry go way later, but. Devin Bush, you're not complaining about. Gary Bradbury, you're not complaining about. I think you have to be thrilled with this draft. And we'll we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Even though we didn't get a quarterback, because I think the team needs a backup quarterback or a developmental guy. I think this, because we looked at, um, recently we looked at what to expect from rookie players at tackle and linebacker. And rookie year, normally... You shouldn't expect tremendous results. Now it happens, and those, you know, especially linebacker, those guys can win defensive rookie of the year. But just as many of those guys hit that don't hit, you look at Tremaine Edmonds and Leighton Vanderesh that go almost back to back picks in the heart of the first round last year. One guy grades poorly, even though the Bills are happy with Edmonds. One guy grades fantastically and, and looks like a stud instantly in Leighton Vanderesh. Uh, but you know, that's the kind of the roll of the dice at linebacker at times with the rookie year. Now they could have great careers and just have poor rookie years, but tackle is the same way. You've had a lot of guys that have hit the ground running and a lot of guys that struggle that rookie year. So in this scenario, I don't know that how much better this, this team is in 2019 because a lot of these positions normally take a year, especially O-line and D-line and tight end. But 2020, I would feel really good about this draft class. Yeah, there's a foundation. And that's kind of what we're looking at here. We're building a we're building on the foundation of guys that you're going to want to keep around and guys that you're going to want on the rookie deals. And maybe in two years, two-year rebuild, that's kind of what this draft is geared toward, I think. Yep. Well, that has been Mock Draft Monday. I hope you liked it, Bengals fans. Feel free to yell at us or praise us for our fantastic work navigating this fan-speak mock draft. Go do your own, check it out, have fun, play around, see what the different possibilities are. You might look at this and say, there's no way he'll be there, and that's fine. I tell you what, NFL teams do this. Yeah, the point is that there will be guys there that you don't expect to be there. We've talked about it on the show. We've talked about it today. So just appreciate who falls to you. Hope the Bengals pull the trigger when that happens. Hope that it's positions that the Bengals need. And then you get a best-case scenario like this. For Joe, I'm Jake. This has been Mock Draft Monday. We'll see you tomorrow, Bengals fans. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.